Welcome back to another episode of District Divided, everybody. I am your host, Amit Singh. The Bundesliga is back in action, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Watching Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke, it's been a couple months since we've had any sort of live sports, and for me, soccer is very close to my heart, of course, and so just being able to see them, even though the stadium was empty, it was just so much fun. Honestly, it wasn't that weird to me. I think a lot of people were like, oh, I can't watch this. It's it's just too much to handle. And for me, it was just great to see the best of the best get after it again. Now, you can already see the effects of it because, well, only one home team won, and that was Borussia Dortmund beating Schalke 4-0. So we'll see what happens moving forward. And of course, they're still testing players regularly just to see how things are going. But yeah, it seems like the Bundesliga is here to stay for a bit, and I'm very excited about that. What else we're going to be talking about on the show today are the Georgetown Hoyas, specifically Mac McClung. For those of you that listened last week, you'll know that we ended with the breaking news that Mac McClung, sophomore guard now junior, is transferring from Georgetown. So I sit down with Gerald Andriol, virtually, diehard Hoyas fan and longtime season ticket holder to talk about Mac McClung transferring what that means for the program, what that means for Patrick Ewing, and then we're going to look forward to next season with the Hoyas. Now, Mac McClung has put seven schools out there. He's trimmed the list down to seven. BYU, Arkansas, Wake Forest, Memphis, USC, Auburn, Texas Tech. Auburn and Texas Tech being the bigger names. So we're going to talk a little bit about where we think he's going to go. And honestly, it's drumming up a lot of interest in social media as well. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, already vouching for Texas Tech, his alma mater. And then John Morant, who's going to be the rookie of the year as soon as the NBA season finishes, vouching for Memphis. And he went to Murray State. He's just repping Memphis now. So pretty exciting stuff. And it's amazing that Mac McClung can garner this much interest on social media. But when you can dunk the way he can and you're as dynamic as he is, you're going to garner some interest out there. So without further ado, we're just going to get straight into the interview with Gerald Andriol. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Joining me for the second time on District Divided was our first ever guest. He's a Hoyas diehard fan and a good friend of mine, Gerald Andriol. Gerald, how are you doing today? Hey, Amit, doing well, all things considered, staying uh, safe and locked up here in D.C., and hope everyone's doing well on your end. Thanks for having me. Of course, and thanks for being on again. And uh, yeah, everyone's safe on my end, but I'm honestly a bit livid uh, because Mac McClung, who's going to be our leading scorer next season for the Georgetown Hoyas, is gone. He is transferring to one of seven different schools, which we'll get to and name in just a moment here. What are your thoughts on that? He actually came out and had a quote where he said, it was a number of different events that made me feel I had no choice but to transfer from Georgetown. I really wanted to stay, but things throughout my career made me realize that I couldn't. I'm looking for a place I can call home, a place I can be a part of a family and help them succeed. Gerald, how did it get to this point? Why is Mac McClung leaving? Yeah, any time you see somebody 
leaving a situation and going out of their way, especially in college athletics where uh, all the kids are home right now and, and not necessarily accessible to media. Mac really went out of his way to make sure that quote was on ESPN and, and just about every other outlet. Um, was shocked to see the news that he had decided to transfer. There were some rumors, but nothing substantial leading up to that decision. Um, and yeah, it's 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 easy to kind of look back and see that there there are probably a variety of factors. I think first and foremost, Mac is a is an ultra competitive player. Um, I, I don't think anybody who's watched him play either in high school or college could say that he ever gives anything less than a hundred percent. And that really made him a, a fan favorite of of everybody uh, in the Georgetown community. I mean, he played hard. He was exciting. He he offered a, a dynamic. Uh, to the team that we really hadn't had for a while. So I think the desire to win is definitely there. Uh, it's been four years since since we've had Coach Ewing, haven't made, made it to the tournament, and, and as we'll discuss next year's prognosis really isn't looking that good. So I think that was one factor. I think a second factor is even before the, the transfer news, everybody was a little shocked to see that as a sophomore, he put his name in for the NBA draft. Uh, next month um granted as as a as a underclassman you're allowed to put your name in and and get feedback from nba teams and then withdraw it once during your college career so it was a little surprising to see him choose to do that after his sophomore season um because not only was he not healthy for for a large part of of last season but it's very unclear what role he would play in the in the nba um he's he's listed at 6-2 that's probably probably a little generous um while he's athletic in that that he can he can dunk and is is great on a fast break he's really that athleticism doesn't come through on the defensive end um and that's gotten exposed in the big east and you have to think that regardless of position he he would get a little bit of ex- exposed in the NBA. And then he's a scorer. He's not, he's not a passer. And if, if you're a shoot first small point guard that, that never has played point guard in the college level and has questions defensively there, it, it's tough to see how that's a, an NBA player. Um, and then kind of the third reason is this, this really was clear during this quarantine period is he and coach Ewing just were not on the same page. Um, definitely some miscommunication between the, the coach and player. I think that they're both great basketball minds and, and I, I don't think that either of them would take it personally, but it definitely seemed like Mac envisioned his role going a certain way. And that might not have been how coach Ewing envisioned what was best for, for the Georgetown team. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And here's the thing about testing the NBA draft waters is it seems like he did that just to figure out what he needs to do with his next step. And I believe that's probably why he did it after his sophomore year was so that he could have two years to fix whatever he needs to before declaring again. So if you look at the list of teams, we've got BYU, Texas Tech, Auburn, Memphis, USC, Arkansas, Wake Forest. Now, some people had thought, you know, Tennessee, close to Gate City, Virginia, where he's from, that he would, you know, think about them and probably even go there. That's not the case. So 
his agent actually came out and said, because he got one during the draft process, and I'm going to paraphrase him here, but he basically said that Mac found out he needed to become more of a facilitator on the court. He needed to look to pass a bit more. This is what NBA teams were coming back, and this was the feedback that he was receiving. So, you know, there's a list of teams there where, uh, you know, some of them are very guard heavy and others just simply don't have guards at all, basically. USC, for example, only has four scholarship guards. Uh, do you care to speculate where he might go from any of those teams on the list? You know, I I don't have any inside information here. And, and to be honest, I don't follow these other teams as closely as I do Georgetown. So I'll, I'll take your word. It, it's it's hard to see him going anywhere where he wouldn't play a, a significant role in the team. I mean, let's look at what he's giving up here at Georgetown. And remember that by transferring, in, unless there's some drastic change to NCAA protocol, given the, the current events going on, he's going to have to sit out next year. Um, so he'll really have one one year at most of, of quality game time to show what he can do on, on the court after practicing with these teams for a year. So at, at Georgetown, you know, he, he had a very high usage rate. He was on the court pretty much whenever he wanted. Um, in some cases, uh, it, you know, t- visibly tired and still out there, or he, he shot free throws with one eye after getting poked in the eye and refusing to come out. He made them both uh, in, in one game this year. So coming off the bench seems like something he might have to have to compromise in order to move positions like he'd, he'd like to. Um, and it's it'll be tough to see how he adjusts his game because his mentality is not pass first. What makes him a great and exciting player and has gotten him uh, a big following on Instagram and other social media is this is a guy who can make almost any defender look bad and do a circus layup and, and he makes it look easy. So I, I think anywhere that, that can provide him with the opportunity to, to play and, and make the NCAA tournament at, at least once as a player is probably going to be near the top of his list. Yeah, and the two programs over here on this list that pop out at you are Texas Tech and Auburn, both a year removed from the Final Four. So if he wants exposure, those are definitely places he could go. Uh, Texas Tech has many guards, and so it's hard to see him going there. Auburn actually had their top two guards, Samir Doughty and Javon McCormick, both graduate this past year. So there is an opportunity there. They're picking up Sharif Cooper, who's a five-star recruit out of Georgia. So an opportunity to sort of be Batman and Robin over there, depending on what he wants to do. USC seems like one of the best spots for him because they have the number one center in the country. I believe the name is Evan Mobley coming over there. So he could end up getting a lot more space on the floor by going to USC. But here we are. We're actually going to be talking about Georgetown basketball because this is a DC sports podcast, as we know. So let's talk about Patrick Ewing because now in the past year, James Akinjo, former Big East freshman of the year, gone. Myron Gardner, promising player, gone. Galen Alexander, gone. Josh LeBlanc, everyone loved him. Was, we're expecting a huge year from him. He's gone. Now Mac McClung is added to that list of players, gone and recruited by Patrick Ewing. So where does this leave Patrick Ewing after three full seasons as coach of Georgetown? Where are we to go from here? Yeah, it's the jury is, is still out. I think that had you asked 
we could even go back and, and listen to us both talking about it. I think 75, 80% of the way through the season, even after four of those first five transfers you read off, I, I think everybody would give Coach Ewing a lot of credit for making do with a, a, a tiny rotation. You know, they were playing six, seven guys most nights, especially after your seven got injured towards the end. Um, and, and they were still competitive and, and playing hard. And, and, you know, I think we both thought that they could make the tournament if, and go on a little run there towards the end of the Big East play and certainly into the Big East tournament. Um, and, and obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, you, you can't let what's happened over the past two months when they played one game losing to St. John's in the opening round of, of the Big East, which might have been the last college basketball game to be completed of 2020 um affect too much of the thinking i mean he he's definitely shown improvement in various aspects of of the in-game management uh there's still lots of of ways for for him to improve there but i think what people will be looking for next year is keeping the the class of recruits coming in led by uh jabari sibley from, from oak hill academy uh is the only top 100 player um and keeping that class together and really developing or at least putting together what folks can see as a reasonable path towards the NCAA tournament. Um, coming into this season with the great group of freshmen that, that you mentioned, um, everybody expected that they would be competitive for a tournament bid um, or had even hoped that they'd make the tournament uh, for a variety of reasons that didn't happen. Um, I think he largely gets a pass for this season because of all the off the court stuff um, and the job he did keeping the team together. But next year will, will be something else because if they're as, as dreadful as it seems like they could be heading, I think people, people will, will start to really put some heat on him. Now he, he could pull something out of, out of, out of the air. I mean, they've, they've got, you know, Kudus Wahab who, who, looked really good. He could continue and really take another step forward. Uh, Jamarco Pickett seems like he's got a world of potential, just, just waiting to unlock it. Javon Blair, when, when he had the chance to contribute this year, could, could get hot. So, you know, the depth will be tested again. Uh, how, how some of these freshmen coming in contribute will be a big thing, but you know, it, it's really a coin flip at this point. I'm not completely sold on him, but but I'm willing to give him another chance. Are you afraid that this is becoming a trend, though, that the program's best players seem to just be transferring or leaving or something's going on that causes them to leave the program? Are you worried that that could become a trend? Because, like you said, I thought he did pretty well, all things considered, last season. You know, we had that six or seven man rotation and uh, we were a few games short of the NCAA tournament, of course, but it was actually a bit better, all things considered, the season was than we had expected. But do, are you worried that this could become a trend? Well, it, it kind of already has. I mean, we towards the end of, of JT3's tenure on the Hilltop, transfers were, were the flavor du jour, too. It was almost a running joke, you know, who, who's going to be the, the one to go, um, really starting with. Jarrell Benjamin, who transferred and then took off at Towson after he left. Um, most of the class that, that came in, I think it was 2012 or 13, but Isaac Copeland, uh, 
Trey Campbell, Greg Whittington, Paul, Paul White, you know, that was supposed to be a great four-year class. And, and really that was Thompson's last complete class. All those guys ended up transferring. Um, so this has really been something that's, that's a Georgetown thing and not necessarily unique to Ewing. Um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but we've seen Georgetown be very, very attractive to, to recruits in the graduate transfer, um, window and we'll continue to get players that way. So it might just be a reality that, that we need to adjust to, um, from a student athlete perspective, you know, it's, it's tough to not make the tournament. It's, it's tough, uh, to, to be in, in, DC and play home games in Verizon Center where, you know, the fans that come are great, but but it's not as as a as a passionate environment as as some other schools that they might play to. So, you know, there there might need to be an adjustment to expectations. Um and you know, really the the hope would be that as these new guys come in, they they really, like Max said, feel like family and feel welcomed. Um and I think that the fans and, and the supporters have done a great job. And, and from my perspective, it, it seems like the team is close. I think this year's team, especially after the transfers, was as close as any that I've seen in my time watching Georgetown. So, it, you know, I, I think it, it'll hopefully this is a little bit of a wake up call and, and whatever adjustments Mac is hinting at in, in his statements, uh, the program takes into account and, and tries to put its best foot forward. Yeah, that uh, makes total sense. And it's a very good point on JT3 and that this actually has been a trend uh, in the past, just before Ewing, in fact. So important for people to note and to stay patient as well, um, which Georgetown's been uh, known to do with their coaches recently. So let's see how Patrick Ewing kicks on. And talking about next season, there are a number of new players coming in, a number of new recruits, Jamari Sibley, Tyler Beard, TJ Berger, Kobe Clark, Dante Harris, and then the transfer with immediate eligibility, Jalen Harris from Arkansas, and a lot of guards too. So you could arguably say that uh, maybe there was you know a bit more information about someone like Mac McClung leaving uh, beforehand than we even had. How are you feeling about next season, knowing that maybe we don't need to stick to that six or seven man rotation anymore? We can extend to those eight or nine guys that Patrick Ewing would want to. You know, I, I think for, for most fans and, and for me, next year will just really be about making sure that, that we play competitive and we play well. And like I said, there's that path forward. Um, the Big East is is going to be as challenging as ever next year. Um, if you look at most of the preseason top 25s, Villanova's right, right near the top, if not number one in, in most of those. Uh, they'll be really strong as always, and, and the rest of the conference will be too. So, I mean, it really, if, if we can get a good rotation, get that depth, and really get these freshmen and last year's freshman class uh, a lot of experience and minutes and keep that team together uh, that that's really what I'll be looking for because you know you'll have the two grad transfers come in and hopefully those two can provide some leadership in addition to minutes um, to, to, to the, the team and then they're they're just two true seniors and it's Jamarco Pickett and Javon Blair and while both of those guys have contributed it, it's based on what they've done the past, their first three seasons, it, it should be production that's easily replaced by a serviceable sophomore. 
Beautiful. Well, like you said, let's just stay competitive next season and let's see how it goes. Let's just go with the flow and hopefully it results in an NCAA tournament berth. It's been a while since we've been there. It would be great. Um, but, you know, if not, hey, let's just see some progress. Let's see everyone just stay. How about we start there? Um, but yeah, Gerald, thanks so much for being on. Once again, his name is Gerald Andriol. He is a diehard Hoyas fan. You're going to find very, very few people that follow as closely as he does and are as knowledgeable as he is when it comes to this basketball team. So, Gerald, thanks so much for being on. Real quick, did you uh, catch any of the Bundesliga action this past weekend? Yeah, it was great to have some live sports back, even without fans. And, uh, you know, once the game started, it was good to see Erling Holland get back on the score sheet with the with the goal and assist, you know, bet on that guy to score in most games that that he plays in and he he could be the the Ronaldo that you talk about in 10 years yeah I mean the guy is scoring at an unbelievable rate and again only 19 years of age what he's doing no one's ever done before so you're actually watching historic performances week in and week out from him so let's see how Borussia Dortmund kicks on from here Gerald once again thank you very much and looking forward to having you on again in the near future. Stay safe. All right. Thanks, Amit. You too. Thanks again. Once again, that was Gerald Andriel, diehard Hoyas fan and longtime season ticket holder, breaking down what's going on with Mac McClung, what it means for Patrick Ewing, and what it means for the Georgetown program moving forward. Really good interview, really knowledgeable guest and friend. And just thank you again, Gerald, for being on. Now, for Mac McClung... I'll leave you with my top three as to where I think he's going to go. Starting with number one, I'll just get to the front runner in my opinion. If he's okay with going far away from home, far away from Gates City, USC makes a lot of sense. Now, before I continue with the rest of this list, I want to make it clear that this assumes his transfer waiver goes through and he's immediately eligible. He would be able to play with Evan Mobley, who is the number three recruit in the nation and the number one center in the country and that's just going to create a lot more space on the floor for him to be able to facilitate which is what NBA teams are asking him to do according to his agent if he's looking to become a better defender if he's looking to be a part of a rotation and looking to just develop his all-round game Texas Tech does make a lot of sense now it's a very very crowded backcourt so I don't know how much playing time he's going to get but if he gets two years then Texas Tech can make a good amount of sense Auburn, to me, makes a lot of sense as well, because Bruce Pearl knows how to coach guards. I mean, if you look back to last year, and I'm talking about the where the excuse me the season where they went to the Final Four, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, Samir Doughty, Javon McCormick, guard-heavy, they're shooting threes, they're allowed to go up-tempo. That fits Mac McClung's style to a T. Absolutely perfect. So I could see him doing well there, and also because they're going to have Sharif Cooper, who is supposedly one of the top prospects in the nation, joining them next year. So he would be able to play alongside him and get significant minutes for an NCAA tournament team. So that's my top three. Once again, USC, Texas Tech, Auburn. I think you could flip, flip-flop Texas Tech and Auburn, but I think USC is the clear-cut number one landing spot for Mac McClung if he ends up wanting to develop into an NBA player. And that's all I got for you. So thanks again for listening and Polly Polo, do your thing and take us out. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I
spent my whole damn life in the city. 